9 out of 10 proctologists recommend only using action figures for their originally intended purpose. And you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 108, for the week of Wednesday, 19th of March, 2014. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Justin. And John. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Infinite Legends Captain America AIM Scientist, and our discussion topic is True to Source. Gents, how you going? Good. Good, thank you. Very good. John, I seem to be uh, doing this pretty regularly with you now. Uh, what have you been up to? Um, fighting off snow, trying to <laughs> walking through melting stuff. I, my, I, I've got a pair of Doc Martens I've had for a few years, and uh, they, uh, the soles cracked on them. And I was walking through some stuff yesterday, and they started leaking. And after about <laughs> an hour, my feet were just soaked, and I was like, I'm miserable. Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. See, in Australia, we're at that particular time of the season where we're coming off of summer into autumn, but there's always that kind of late burst of summer, so it's been fairly pleasant where I am, so I'm still waiting for it to just suddenly get really hot again. Mm. So it hasn't, hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah. yeah. I've got a sunburnt neck today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must be nice. <laughs> So, so uh, tell us, how long does it take to go from inches of snow, which then becomes slush, to then becomes, hey, look, at spring, isn't this so much better? Well, it just kind of alternates. It's it kind of been melting down over time. So um, what we get is if we get rain, that really makes a difference because then you got snow melting and rain, which will compound mm-hmm. you know, all the water mm-hmm. problems. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then uh, the rain really takes out the snow. So it could be, a you know, a week and it could be gone. Mm, mm. It's just, you know, depends on, on whether we get rain with it or not. Lovely. Which we're supposed to get today, so. Sounds pretty we're, miserable. We're going to experience probably all four seasons within a matter of a week. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> That's not the case where you are, Justin. How's the weather where you are? It's actually quite beautiful today. <laughs> I think it's around the 31, 32 mark. <laughs> ah, not bad, not bad. Uh, I haven't been on the show with you for uh, a few weeks, so what yeah. you been doing? Um, this and that, uh, my youngest son, or my only son, <laughs> has just started, uh, playing soccer. So he's ah. into his second game. It's all trials so far. Yeah, yeah. Like they lost 6-3, but they scored two own, two own goals. Cause oh, they yeah. didn't realize at halftime they have to change around and run the other way. Right, right. <laughs> and today they won 10-3. Nice. So yeah, I put him on $1 per goal. Because it looks like he can uh, really play. So he scored one and a half. It sort of fit the side. It went in, and then the little kid picked it up when they weren't supposed to. <laughs> I still paid him out on it. <laughs> nice. Well, that doesn't sound like a reasonable rate then. Like, you know, he, he gets something to, to take away, and you're not going to go broke. That's it. That's it. My uh, daughter, who plays the under-12s, is on $10 a goal because wow. it's a pretty, pretty safe bet. 
<laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> I had to pay her out once all last year, so. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Nice. Nice. Yes. She's a defender. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And our American listeners are going, what, 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 what? what? Oh, I still don't get it either, really. <laughs> At least you haven't referred to it as football like the rest of the world. No. Yes. Yeah. Well, things have been pretty quiet where I am. I have to say that Spider Watch has been fairly quiet as well, so I don't have to terrorise any listeners with uh, any more story, arachnid stories. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's all been uh, pretty quiet, I must say. So, anyway, speaking of quiet, let's get on with some news. Now for some real fun. Who you gonna call? Okay, boys, we got a job to do. Bankman, look out! It's Bug Eye! Zap him with your Neutrona Blaster. Thanks, Ray. Don't mention it. Should I mention that? The Marshmallow Man. Spinkler, give me the ghost popper. I thought you had it. Don't worry, Phyllis. I've got it. Go, Norm. Waste them. Quickly. You got him! Uh-oh, he's got a friend. No, guys, that's my sister. Get the real Ghostbusters toys from Kenner. Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news, and articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. And we are not a handsive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. Mr. Nerd, what's caught your eye this week? Well, I saw something coming up from our good friends at Funko, you know, because we can't have news without having Funko news. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. And this one... It it's, looks like about the size of pop vinyl, but and it's vinyl, but it's called vinyl cubed, I think is what it's called, or vinyl squared. They call it vinyl, vinyl three, cubed. which would be cubed, but they call it squared. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. The, the engineer in me is rebelling against that. <laughs> but uh, the boxes say interchangeable magnetic vinyl. And what they are is if you think about a pop vinyl, if every feature on it was square instead of round. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah, the first oh. series is Batman related, so we're seeing Batman in two different forms: Robin, Harley, Joker, and I think Deadshot. Uh, Deathstroke. Oh, yep. Sorry, Deathstroke had the wrong. And one. I was all ready to pass on these; they're just not my kind of thing until I saw Deathstroke. And I don't know why, but it's got my attention. Other than the fact that he has two eyes, which is odd. Mm. Because Deathstroke only has one eye, so the blue half of his mask is just completely covered up. Yeah. And so on this, he actually has two eyes, which is wrong. So hopefully they fix Fix that that. during... Yeah, you would hope. So is this Funko going, oh, you know, we've captured the entire world and we have every single license ever in the history of everything (laughs) and now we're bored, so we're going to start redoing absolutely everything but square instead of round? I'm, I'm picturing a staff meeting where they, <laughs> someone comes in. <laughs> what about cubed? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's them that wanted this or DC that wanted this. Because yeah, mm. oh, DC oh. has had some odd vinyl over the years. Well, they have. That's yeah. what I'm, I'm trying to understand. You know, are they that much different from the blamoids and everything else that we've had? Yeah, I don't know. And I assume since they say magnetic, I'm thinking maybe you can... Swap them? Yeah, it does appear that the the heads, arms, and legs do click in separately. And I wonder if that means that there'll be a sort of slight increase in price because of that extra sort of production cost. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, well, I I don't know. I mean, it's certainly cute. Uh, The the catalog page has an Aquaman, so we know. 
Well, that's right. Yeah. And 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 a Bizarro. Yeah. yeah. And a Bizarro and yes. Superman on it. So. Looks like it's uh, Batman, Aquaman, Bizarro, Black Manta, Deathstroke, Harley Quinn, Joker, Robin, Superman, and the sort of traditional blue Batman as opposed to the black and grey Batman. Eh, you know, for fun. And if you're not really into this kind of stuff and, you know, you, you figured you might get into something but you figure it's too late to get some of the early figures, then it's another opportunity to, you know, jump in at the beginning and get into it. Yeah, test the waters with Batman, guaranteed seller, I guess. And erase all your or all your uh, floppy disks on your desk. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, next up, uh, more news from Biff Bang Pow because uh, they had their retro action figures and they're showing off some of the Twilight Zone ones now, and uh, they look pretty cool. I have to say. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I kind of love the Talkie Tina one. I I like the Invader one because mm. he'd be about actual size, I would think, wouldn't he? Weren't they real yeah, tiny I think like so. that? They were. Um, so, so we're seeing uh, Talkie Tina, the Invader, uh, William Shatner from the episode on with the thing on the wing, uh, the Gremlin mm. from the wing. I'm trying to remember what that one was. It looks like it's Burgess Meredith from um, yeah. Time and Up Past. And the other one, I don't know what he's from. He's the alien-looking yeah. dude. <laughs> mm, the big head. Yeah. Yeah, look, these are fun. I think, I, I don't know, this retro thing, I think they're going to be carried away. Um, it seemed a bit novel to begin with, but now that everybody's doing it and everyone's producing five points of articulation, um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I kind of dig these. I think the style fits probably that property a little better than some of the other ones they've got, you know, just because it's a retro property. In the black and white, it looks kind of cool. I remember Frank Miller saying that um, retro was nostalgia with a nose ring. <laughs> you know, I, I think they missed out on an opportunity here, though. I would have done a Rod Serling in the first wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, I don't know. Because he was actually on every episode. Yeah. 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 Look, to be honest, I'm, I'm yet to see any of these retro lines that have really grabbed my attention. Like nothing has, no property has just jumped out there and I've gone, yep, I, I absolutely must have that particular figure. So I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, over the whole five points of articulation with, you know, shit sculpting. I'm, <laughs> I'm really tempted by the Rocketeer. There are characters that stand out. I think the Alien and Predator were a lot of fun, but I just don't see myself going out of my way. I mean, maybe if I see them in hand, I might form a bit of a different opinion, but, uh, yeah, so far it's just not selling me. Yeah. I, and I'm kind of in that same boat. I have, I know some people have went out and ordered almost all of them though. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it turns out. Hmm. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll just keep things moving along here because, uh, Diamond Select has, um, revealed their next Star Trek Select and that is, uh, Worf. And all we're seeing at this point looks like is some artwork for him. But he's kind of posed in an action pose with his Batleth. So, um, right. you know, we should be, be seeing him probably sometime this year. What's, what's odd is the artwork is showing him with a, no, I guess that was, that would be right. The yellow shirt, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to remember now. I, cause they're showing him in a next gen uniform and mm-hmm. I was trying to remember. Yeah, he had the yellow one. No, oh, he's got his traditional Klingon jewelry band thing on as well. So yeah. I was a bit critical of. I think it might have been the Kirk one 
which was one of the first ones they did because it was in a really strange kind of position where there was no potential for reposing or anything like that. Um, but, you know, look, this one I think is actually pretty decent. It looks Wolf's not just sort of standing around in I'm having a beer position. He looks like he's ready for action, so that's kind of cool. Oh. Yeah, no, it right, looks, looks cool. They're starting to creep up, though. I mean, this has got a suggested retail price of 25 bucks. Um, man. Well, I wonder if that's the one with the base. I mean, if he'll have a base. Yeah, they've actually had some pretty elaborate bases, haven't they? I think the Spock yeah. one had quite a nifty base. Well, didn't mm. the the Kirk one have the con over the mm. council mm. kind of thing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I think I made some obscene jokes about the way they were posed. <laughs> I, I can't see you doing that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, look, I don't mind this. I, I, it'd be good to see a prototype, so we'll, we'll probably revisit this when they finally give us a, a proto, which I think the way timing works will probably be sometime around San Diego. Yeah, I would imagine. Hmm. Very good. Very good. All right, Mr. Justin, what do you got for us? Okay, my first bit of news is the 7-inch Planet of the Apes Series 2 from the Classic line. This is General Ursus, and this is magnificent. Isn't it? <laughs> in, each, in every way, shape, or form. I, excuse my ignorance here, but I didn't even know where Wave 1 came out. I'm going to have to uh, check these out and uh, have a look around. But the, this, the sculpting is just out of this world good on, on this figure. We've only got one picture so far, sort of a teaser promo, but... And they nailed it. Oh, man, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Those, the armor, the, what would you call it, the decal on the, on the tunic, those individual pieces of, uh, yeah, plastic. it's like scale, scale mail kind of thing. Yeah. I was wondering if I had that power, you know, as a customizer to say, this is what I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be fantastic. And look, you know, uh, when it comes to the classic Planet of the Apes, you know, yeah, there were some fun characters and, you know, Zeus and blah, 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 blah. But really when it comes down to it, Ursus was the dude that really made you go, huh, awesome. Yeah. You know, that, that big nasty gorilla. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a darn fun figure. Yeah. I remember having those movie marathons. Yeah. And I figured the actor started off from, from the second one. Was it? James Franciscus or something like that. Yeah, the thing with the apes because it started in the late sixties and that was a bit uh, a bit too I was a bit too young for them. I remember seeing them on TV every now and then, and I'm pretty sure I watched them completely out of order. And then by then the TV series had come out. Yes. And I just remember being completely and utterly confused because I had not seen any kind of. Uh, uh, I hadn't seen the movies. And, I mean, you know, the way the movies came out, too, um, you know, just doesn't sort of lend itself to chronological order. So, uh, you know, I couldn't quite work out who this Urko was in the in the TV series and, you know, why you know, it wasn't until I realised he was modelled on Ursus, et cetera. Mm. So, but, yeah, that's a, a darn fine-looking figure. Beautiful. Urkel was made off of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. This is clearly uh, getting around with these, you know, suspenders. <laughs> what, huh. what was his catch cry, that guy? Uh, I, I never watched it, luckily. Oh. <laughs> you know, in that little Ziploc bag in the back, you can see more of those little scale mail pieces, too. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, they must have had them either printed or molded or something. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and then stuck on. That sounds like a clever way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then next up, you've got something that we really have no idea about, but it looks really awesome, so we decided to talk about it. Yeah, I'm going to fumble my way through this, as I do most news <laughs> items. But this, this character's name is called the Cleric, and he's from Alterton's of Darkness and Damnation, the Acors and Ciatus War. How's that? 
That's exactly how I would have said it. So Beautiful. I'm, I'm with you, mate. Yeah, so if someone wants to write in and give us some background, unfortunately, <laughs> everyone was late to the show. Well, I shouldn't say everyone. Oh, I late to the show. <laughs> so I couldn't do my research properly. But this bad boy is one four-scale statue. It's a regular edition. It is selling for three forty-nine, and it's available from pre-order at the moment. Bloody hell. I saw a listing on Hollywood Collectibles Group, so if you want to head over there and check it out, it's limited to 500 pieces worldwide, and it, it stands 22 inches. Yeah. I was going to say, because of the nature of it, because he's this big... I don't understand why he's called a cleric, because he kind of looks like this massive barbarian dude, and mm. if you put on your D&D hat, you know, clerics weren't allowed to carry bladed objects and he's got this huge honking axe but this this thing just looks awesome <laughs> if you're going to do a medieval film uh and you needed like a you know your lead henchman bad guy like this guy would just fit perfectly yeah it looks like a combination of fabric as well with sculpted pieces it's um quite extraordinary yeah as soon as you said um I didn't realize it was 22 inches as soon as you said quarter scale I just went that's going to be friggin huge mm. So, but uh, I must admit, I, I I still don't understand quite the um, the context of this particular series. Like, I'm trying to understand whether it's a um, whether it's a game, whether it's a whether it's a movie that's coming. But yeah, I will I will research it. I promise. <laughs> have a look at. It. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair oh. enough. Yeah. Um, all right. My next bit of news is that uh, for all our uh, US listeners, that Barnes and Noble. Uh, they're going to retail Gundam models in the US. So if that, if Gundam is your cup of tea and, you know, let's face it, these huge robot warriors, what's not to like? Um, they're going to be turning up in Barnes and Noble. Which is pretty cool because, that, cause that's Bandai. And, yeah. you know, if that's the sort of thing that becomes, um, you know, gets, gets some legs to it, I guess, and, and gets some popularity to it, then, you know, you'd hope that Bandai will get some of the other products. Out there, but um, John, being in the US, is is Barnes and Noble something that's fairly common? I mean, we've certainly got our chain bookstores in Australia, um, yeah, but it, it's fairly common. They've been carrying um, some Funko stuff and a few other things, like Lego and and that kind of stuff as well. So, and, yeah. they, and they have a coffee shop in them. Normally, they're in malls. The ones I've seen. Okay. So, um, you know, most our other big bookstores have kind of dropped off. Uh, yeah, with borders being closed, so um, mm, mm. you know, kind of the nerds that want to go to the bookstore on the weekend are kind of faced with, hey, you go to Barnes and Noble, are you? Are you staying yeah. home? <laughs> it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they market this and set it up. Um, when I was in Hong Kong uh, some years ago, I went into a Toys R Us, and I was quite surprised because when I walked in, it's like walking into any Toys R Us. Like they're, they're set up exactly the same, and. So, you know, you walk through the initial um, area where, you know, a company's paid a crap load of money to promote their product. Like, you know, my local Toys R Us, it's all Avengers as soon as you walk in, uh, Captain America when you walk in. Mm. Um, and, and you sort of go through and you're going, oh, this is exactly the same as back home. In fact, you know, they've got bugger all just like my Toys R Us back <laughs> home. Um, but the one thing that is actually different compared to the ones that are here in Australia um, is they actually have a huge area devoted to Gundam. And it's quite weird because you go through sort of the main action figure aisle where you get your, you know, one side's DC, one side's Marvel. Then you go into the next aisle and it's just nothing but, you know, shelves and shelves and shelves of, of you know, these big robots and, and dudes in suits and stuff like that. It was um, quite amazing. It, it's obviously quite the culture there and uh, they had, 
it even had sort of glass cases with um, made-up figures on display so you could actually sort of see what they look like because traditionally, if, if you're not familiar, you know, Gundam kits um, come like a traditional model kit. You know, they've got a coloured uh, outer sleeve that sits over the sort of the cardboard box so, you, you know, you really don't get to see the figure other than the artwork on the outside of the box. So um, it was an amazing display. I, I should have taken photos. But, uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Barnes & Noble can do with it. My uh my online buddy uh Corticon, he uh he builds these things and you know, it it's kinda crazy some of the stuff some of those model kits have. And mm. just the the intricacy, you know, I mean they're building little pieces together and then coloring in all the panel lines and stuff. I, oh yeah. I, I I don't have the patience for that. Yeah. I, really yeah. I mean cool in, stuff, though. It is. And in in addition to sort of all obviously all the paints that you buy to, to paint stuff, they actually sell Gundam pens, which are, you know, these markers with tiny, tiny sort of tips that you can use to sort of go in and do all the um you know, the seam lines and the grooves and things like that. Uh it's quite amazing. I'd hate to think that some grandma's gonna buy that though and go, Oh, here's an action figure and you know yeah. six year old kid gets it and it's a model kid. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, good news. Anyway, anything that I guess gets more pop culture stuff out there and and um, you know helps to build popularity is a good thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I should uh, chip in with my bit of news, and I've got one here that we found out that Diamond Select Toys, who have been cranking along doing assorted action figures, um, they've shown some prototype images for their upcoming seven-inch Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill figures. What? So. Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill. Uh, uh, see, I was Pulp Fiction. What? Never mind. We'll just go on there. Uh, got that. Uh, so I just I missed it, didn't I? Yeah. You know, you set it up and I didn't knock it down. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> um, so obviously someone's had a chat to Mr. Tarantino and uh, they've, they've managed to talk the right kind of, um, you know, the right kind of words because uh, so far we have seen Jules. That's uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Jeez, he uh, looks like Nick Fury. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> With his really bad afro, uh, we've got Butch, a.k.a. Bruce Willis, and uh, Marcellus Wallace, uh, who was, of course, Ving Rhames. Um, these are typical Diamond Select figures. They're $25. Um, and uh, it doesn't actually say when we'll actually get them, but it does say that they'll also be doing Vincent Vega, which is kind of a bit odd because, you know, you kind of expect him to go with Jules. Um, and we're also, for Kill Bill, we're going to get Bill, we're going to get Gogo Yubari and the Bride figures. Yep. So this is actually pretty cool. I, I, I think it's a good idea. What is Jules holding? Uh, what is Jules holding? He looks like he's holding, he's obviously holding a gun. but he I was, thought that was like that shake he has from Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah. Oh. Top on, I think. Yeah, he might have It's just odd the way they've got it. I'd hate to think yeah. that's permanent in his hand. I suppose he would have had choices, wouldn't he? Because you could do your Royale with cheese or you could have his, you know, his famous wallet or something yeah. like that. But, um, <laughs> make sure what kind of action, wonder what kind of action feature that Marcellus is going to come with. <laughs> I'm guessing that the butch, by the look of his right hand, will come with a sword. Yeah. Yes. What's interesting is the three figures that I just mentioned are shown, uh, are shown in fairly generic poses, just sort of, um, you know, standing uh, front on with their hands by their sides. But um, the prototype image we've seen of the bride, which looks more to be an illustration rather than an actual prototype, she's in quite the action pose. Um, mm. She's sort of in battle, covered in blood, got the uh, the katana at the ready in a Bruce Lee jumpsuit, etc. 
Um, yeah, I wonder if uh, that's actually going to be a base with her that they show her on hmm. or not. Well, Diamond Select are pretty generous when it comes to those kinds of accessories. So, you know, it might even be like the... Um, uh, the, what is it? Xavier's school for gifted mutants with their X-Men line where they uh, regi- yeah. they brought out sort of various pieces and you put them together and or the danger room. So maybe you need all three to sort of build that, that sort of Japanese temple-y looking background. Yeah, it looks like Bill comes with some sort of base as well. Some yeah. Sort of stone base. Yeah. I wonder if Gogo will come with her weird sort of chain yo-yo spiky mm. weapon thingy. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm keen to see how they come out. I mean, I was having a look at their Expendables figures in the local comic shop, and I really wasn't that impressed. The um the portraits just really aren't doing it for me. Yeah, a lot of people complain from proto- prototype to finished product that something was lost in translation. Yeah, a few of them just like Dolph Lundgren just didn't come out particularly well at all. Mm. Well, so. well, hopefully, they were listening. Otherwise, they'll get a red card. That's right. <laughs> Yes, all right, moving on. Um, there's something that was a bit interesting. Uh, one of the first video games that um, I stayed awake all night playing on the PC was Doom. And I uh, just uh, got severely addicted to that game. And, um, you know, Doom and, and then Duke Nukem, etc. And there's a company called Gaming Heads, and they're kicking off, uh, a, according to them, an awesome range of Doom collectible statues. And the first one that they've actually solicited is the Doom Knee Deep in the Dead Resin Diorama, um, based on the classic Doom box cover art. The, uh, the diorama depicts the space marine and a life and death battle with demons from hell. Um, armed just with his wits and his trusty sidearm. Now, for those people who actually remember the game, you'll remember those weird kind of um, sort of running demons with the big, the two big horns coming out of their head. Um, these are the demons in particular that are attacking him um this is uh well i mean it's 12 and a half inches tall but 17 inches wide which is quite significant so um if that's solid it would be quite a heavy sucker and uh, it's um expected to ship in the third quarter 2014 and it will actually cost you 400 us dollars that's the exclusive limited to just 350 pieces worldwide so seeing that the exclusive edition comes with that light-up base, it says here that uh, it simulates flowing lava. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, not for that price, but uh, mm. it looks all right. For, for yeah. $300, it looks a little, I don't know, like it's lacking on detail to me. Yeah, like it, it does look a bit, you know, that could be the prototype. But, um, but then again, see, I think the original box cover art wasn't particularly thrilling either. Yeah, I guess for three hundred dollars, I'd just expect maybe some more texture or something, mm. or a wash. There's, there's just something about it. I don't. It looks a little cheap to me, but yeah, maybe it's just not you particularly can well shot. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, look, and there's a few nifty things like the um, where he's the the space marine's firing his gun, and you've got kind of the the flame coming out of the barrel, and there's a bullet kind of on its way to uh, one of the demons, and that looks like it's actually. Um, you can choose whether to attach that or not. Um, so there's a few sort of uh, pieces like that. But anyway, if that's your thing, check it out. And um, my last bit of news is actually one from Sideshow Collectibles, and they solicited their Big Chap Legendary Scale Bust. Now, you've probably seen the word Big Chap around, or the words Big Chap around, and if you don't really know what that is, that's kind of the, uh, I guess, the affectionate name they gave to the original alien from Ridley Scott's Alien film. So we're talking the original alien, the one where you could kind of sort of see the skull inside the alien's head. 
sort of thing. And uh, this is in their legendary scale, um, which is generally sort of half scale. Um, but because the alien is actually uh, such a, so big, hence the big chap, um, this is actually quite a, a big piece. Um, this one was actually solicited just this week. So if you're interested, get in there and have a look. There was apparently an exclusive edition. Um, oh, that's right. It just includes a, a nameplate. Um, which, you know, that, that's actually good for me. I'm really not a big fan of including, um, text on my statues and things like that. I really don't like being, I don't need a, a statue of an alien and then, and a, a built-in nameplate saying alien. I kind of know where it's from. So the idea that this is actually an extra that you can just sit in front of the bust, I think is a really, really clever idea. Uh, but this thing is beautiful. Like I, you know, it'd probably freak the bejeebas out of everyone that sees it. But um, it's it's incredibly detailed. The the base yeah. on it is just wild. The yeah. way they've done that, it's very nice. And if you look at the right photos in the right light, you can actually see through the front of the the dome, and you can actually see the skull underneath. Um, you know, I, I, every time, like I, I looked at this and of course, you know, looked at the price, $399 and you know, decided not to. But every time I just look at this thing, I just think, you know, HR Giga just nailed it. Like this is just one of the most amazing and original concepts. Um, it's just Buchan. So even though his head looks like a giant penis, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. So truly frightening. Yeah, and I mean, look, they've already done a Predator legendary uh, scale bust, so if you, you know, want to plop the alien next to it, I think they'll look pretty darn good together. This makes me sad that people are so talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, where, where would you start to sculpt that? Does it come from, a, like, a piece of clay that you build up on? I mean, where do they start? The face, the eyes, you know what I mean? It's That's right. Magnificent. Yeah, it is. It's it's a beautiful piece, and it's the the photos do it uh, a lot of justice too. So, but anyway, look, that is actually uh, up for pre-order now at the Sideshow website. Uh, and if you are going to order it, you know, feel free to go to the Action Figure Blues forum and click on our Sideshow link and uh, plug plug. Um, and it doesn't actually say when it will be out, even though. Oh no, sorry, it, uh, no, it doesn't. Sorry, I thought I had it, but it's gone. Anywho. I think that's pretty much it for news, unless anyone's got anything else. No. All right. Well, that wraps up the articulated news, and we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Well, now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd, from TVandFilmToys.com, presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. Over to you, Mr. Nerd. Well, last week um, we heard a sound that, well, it may have been inspired by the Olympics, eh? <laughs> and we'll, we'll put that in right here. Ladies and gentlemen. Ice skating rink. Please glided on a smooth surface and she seems to figure skate she's so graceful is fully posable love her hair you can make a reverse go straight even to a figure eight well did you guys have any guesses on this one i i didn't know but i, I did like luke from the forum his guess was pretty funny <laughs> his guess mm. is actually pretty close um that is a commercial for the dorothy hamill doll the what dorothy hamill doll the hell's a, a skater? What the hell's a Dorothy Hamill? <laughs> she's an ice skater. She was a gold medal winning Olympic person from yeah, the late 70s. She had the famous uh-huh. haircut. 
Ah, there you go. I, I had no idea what a Dorothy Hamill, but I've also learned that there is a Dorothy Hamill and she had a doll made. Yeah. Um, my good friend Dave from Flag Points, he happened to figure this one out and, and tweeted at me. So, uh, he, uh, apparently knows his dolls. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. He's well good done. Guy. Good job. Outstanding. Outstanding. Should have gone to the forum and he would have got a point. Well, he, he said that to me. He goes, I can't get a point, can I? I said, well, you get <laughs> one in my book, so you're good to go. <laughs> anyway, we will, we will move on to this week's sound. I'm sorry. Anyway, we will move on to this week's sound and we will put the first time right here. No monstrous news ever happens around here. Hell now, because I've got my biggest story yet. It's free offers. So if I prove to purchase from any of these guys sold separately, like... And just to make sure that you know what it is, we will play it one more time here. No monstrous news ever happens around here. Hell now, because... I've got my biggest story yet. It's free offers. So if I prove to purchase from any of these guys sold separately, like... Well, if you guys want to be like Lukey Luke and come over and make a guess, um... Please do that because uh, guessing's fun. Sometimes it gives other people clues, and uh, I'll try to make this one a little bit harder for you guys. And you know, if you don't like them listening to them over and over, come on over to TVandFilmToys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We play the picture version, and that's fun too. You can still leave a guess at the forum. That's AFBForum.com, and you get points, and you can trade those for statue advice or pogs. That's right. Hey, speaking of the picture one, did, how did I go this week? Uh, you actually got the picture one this week. I don't. Booyah! I don't know what happened. Um, something happened. I it didn't post whenever I, I I went in to tell you. But yeah, that was standing. That was a vintage Cylon gun. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was actually watching that yesterday. I started. Uh, we got Netflix recently, and they had the original Battlestar Galactica on there. Ah, uh, yes. I was watching the the first one. Yeah. It's a little, the best. A little rough, but, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. If you, uh, ever get the opportunity to pick up the box, the DVD box set of the original series, do so because, um, the extras are worth it for, just for the price alone. Um, there's, there's just some blooper reels and, you know, it's actually quite amazing that they've still got footage, like blooper footage from, from that far back. And uh, they, they actually talk about how a lot of the actors that portrayed Cylons were um, basketballers because they wanted the Cylons to be imposing. So they were getting these guys who were sort of six foot six and you know hot and taller. Oh, and uh, wow. they said what was actually quite funny was that um, most of the guys couldn't see anything out of the helmets. Like they they just simply couldn't see where they were going. And they said you know so one of them would fall over, and the other actors in the suits wouldn't even realise. They, they sort of, you know, so the, the human actors would sort of stop and, you know, okay, yeah, someone's fallen over, but the other Cylons are still walking along doing the Cylon thing. And there's this outstanding blooper footage where you see a Cylon fall over, but then the Cylons behind him don't realize and they just start going down like dominoes. And <laughs> so they all just start tripping over each other and it's, it's hilarious. So it's, oh, it's wow. worth it. Yeah. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the vintage Cylon design. Yeah. I, I love, just love that design. Very it's clever. Favorites, so. Yes. And it was pretty exciting when they introduced the gold one, because like, whoa! That's the one figure I think I never had. I didn't have him or uh, Lucifer. Yeah, yeah. Lucifer just freaked me out. Yeah. Hey, me too. Had that brain thing going on. And... Yeah. <laughs> uh, just... All right. Let's let's not talk about it anymore. Let's, <laughs> let's, do, let's do Toy of the Week instead. I owed you that for the spider thing. Thank you. Okay. Toy of the Week. Na, 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 na. 
Hamill and her ice skating rink. Place Dorothy on the rink, glided on a smooth surface, and she seems to figure skate. She's so graceful. Dorothy Hamill is fully poseable. Love her hair. You can make a reverse, go straight, even do a figure eight, and a whirling Hamill camel. Dorothy Hamill and her ice skating rink comes with Dorothy Hamill doll, metal and skating rink by Ideal. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. We take turns looking at a toy or collectible in detail, but before we get to this week's, we just got some breaking news because I just saw it on uh, online. It popped up. The Lego Doctor Who set has officially entered the review phase on Furkusu. So, um, nice. Yeah, they're mm. showing some minifigures and... Uh, there's a, a weeping angel, so I'm in on this. Cool. Just Outstanding. So yeah. So, breaking news. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Very good. But anyway, we uh, this is Toy of the Week, and we take a look at something in detail. And um, this week, uh, Ben is looking at something that you guys may want to put on your shelves for yourself. So, Ben, tell us what you got. Thank you very much, John. I am talking about, and I believe the official title is the uh, Hasbro Legends Infinite Series Captain America Soldiers of AIM AIM figure. Um, this is the uh, the chaps that uh, are in their yellow outfits with the bucket heads or beekeepers, as they call them. Um, I, I just simply refer to this figure as an AIM scientist. Uh, people refer to Hydra as the Hydra goons, and I refer to AIM as the AIM scientist. For those people who don't know, um, AIM was originally an offshoot of Hydra. Um, uh, Baron Strucker created um, Hydra and uh, still behind the scenes reigns as the uh, the Hydra Supreme, but um, he created an offshoot of Hydra. The, instead of working you know, as, as muscle, he created the scientific branch of Hydra and called it AIM, which is Advanced Idea Mechanics. So um, I tell you, this guy's an AIM scientist because they're the, uh, the smart guys, and their costumes are effectively um, hazmat suits. People often refer to the helmet as a, like the beekeeping helmet, but it's really meant to be a hazmat suit because they're working with, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, this is, this figure is, um, new to the, uh, the Infinite Series Captain America line. Um, this is actually a, uh, well, I guess it's a variant. It's a, a sort of a swap out figure. Um, and it's, it's interesting because this is an army builder figure. This is the kind of figure that a lot of people want to get multiples of elections, so it becomes very sought after. And so you've got this incredibly generic figure um, that, you know, I guess the moms who are wandering through the aisles of Toys R Us um, won't really pay much attention to because little Johnny is more interested in Captain America than this weird yellow-looking guy who doesn't even have a name. But for people like myself, um, you know, I want plenty of these figures. As we, uh, John and I, talked sort of about uh, a few episodes of the Army Building discussion, um, you know, I want a lot of these figures. So it makes it a bit difficult when they are shipping one to a case, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. So anyway, look, this, uh, this figure came out just, uh, just this month, so it's March 2014. Um, it is an action figure, and he, uh, he actually stands pretty tall because of the, the bucket head. Um, pretty much about 17 centimeters, about 6.7 inches. Um, well, I was gonna say a recommended retail price is about US $20, but of course that depends on where you go, whether you go to Toys R Us, who have that sort of extra 10% premium. Uh, or if you go to eBay, you know, you'll pay anywhere from $30 and up for, for these guys because they're becoming incredibly sought after. 
Now, in terms of packaging, this is the new uh, Marvel Legends packaging. So you've gone from sort of the traditional blister card to more of a a window box style packaging where the, the, the box, even though it has the peg at the top, um, opens from the side with a flap and you can sort of slide the tray out. Um, it's not particularly friendly. Look, I think if you took care, you could get it open and get things out and back in again gently, but really it's, it's, it's a bit of a battle to do that. So, um, you know, I'm not uh, a mint on card collector, so I just, you know, you know, rip this sucker open and, and go for it. Um, it, it's quite neat. There's actually not a lot of graphics, so even though it says Captain America, there's really nothing on there. There's no artwork to show the AIM scientist doing his thing, um, like the Marvel Universe figures do. There's not even a picture of Captain America. It's just kind of got the logo, so that's all a bit weird. Um, in terms of the sculpt, um, look, I, I think this came out pretty darn well. Um, there's a, a lot of new sculpting for this figure. Uh, I was trying to work out if there's been much reuse, and I honestly can't see much. Um, the only thing I can think of is that they've sculpted this figure knowing that they've got figures coming down the line that they can reuse it for, so that's why they went for it, because it seems a, an awful lot of money to invest in a figure that's you know possibly not going to be a huge seller in, in terms of, you know, one per case. Um, obviously, the helmet is uh, is a new sculpt. It's the traditional sort of um, hazmat, um, you know, bucket head. Uh, what's actually quite clever is the mesh that they look out of is actually quite mesh. If you run your sort of fingernail over it, you can feel that sort of grating feel. So it's not just sort of silver slapped in there. It has actually been sculpted. Um, the hazmat suit looks pretty good. There's lots of that kind of wrinkles and drapery that they sculpted into pretty much the entire suit all the way around, so arms, chest, legs, all that sort of stuff. Um, something that is interesting is the boots. Uh, it just sort of looks like generic black boots, but they've kind of got pointy toes, and you would swear that they, the buckles around the ankle kind of look like spurs. They, they really do sort of look like a bit of a cowboy boot. Um, this is not what I associate with a with a, an AIM scientist. Um, uh, again, you sort of wonder about potential reuse down the line. So it does look a bit odd with the pointy toes compared to um, another figure. Um, even with the bucket head or, or without the bucket head, one thing you realise is this is actually a really big figure. Um, the, the Hydra agent or the Hydra goon who is also in this same series um, uses that sort of standard buck that... Um, Marvel Legends seem to be, you know, doing to death now, um, you know, where you see uh, such as Constrictor and Claw. And so when you stand them next to each other, the, um, the the aim scientist is about half an inch taller. So he is actually quite a, a large figure and shoulder-wise probably comes pretty close to even with a DC Universe Classics figure. Um, we've got some pretty nifty stuff in terms of the gloves. You can see some buttons on the side of the gloves and there's a, a belt that's quite sort of accurate. Um, in, in terms of, I guess, true to source, which we're going to talk about later, the AIM scientists over the years, they haven't tried too hard to maintain a, a common look. It's like if they're wearing a, a yellow suit and a bucket head, that's pretty much it. So it's pretty hard to sort of say how close it is to the, um, the source material, but to have it in front of you, there's no doubt about it. It's definitely an AIM agent. Uh, in terms of articulation, this guy's actually pretty good. He's got a, um, a ball, um, a ball sort of socket for the head. Unfortunately, the, the nature of the collar doesn't allow a lot of movement. Like you can tilt the head back and have him looking up, but there's really no hope of getting his, his head to sort of tilt down 
much at all because of the, the, the nature of the collar. Um, standard articulation in the shoulders with those discs, rotating biceps. He's actually got double elbows, so despite the, the large, chunky gloves, um, he maintains double elbows. He's got an ab crunch. Um, he's got a, a waist articulation. Standard articulation, as you'd expect in the um, in the, the, the groin. Um, double knees, uh, which was interesting. I think the fact that they're actually maintaining that is not bad. Um, and then you've got sort of the disc, um, that, that new articulation, which I think the Marvelicious Toys guys joke about and call it Vonner articulation, but not only do you get sort of that disc, um, action in the ankles, but you can actually rotate the foot from side to side, which as we've mentioned before is just a, an immense help in getting figures to stand up properly. So th- there's no articulation that's actually, you know, um, groundbreaking or anything like that, but all your usual, uh, suspects are there. Um, you've got the, the, the pin and twist in the, um, in the wrist. So that's all pretty good. Um, in terms of paint, there's really not much to it. This guy is bright yellow. He's been cast in yellow plastic um, from head to toe. Um, as I said, the boots have been painted black. What they have done is used a slightly darker shade of yellow in a few of the areas just to sort of highlight or, you know, understate some of the drapery. So there's really not a lot to it. So in terms of slop, there's really not a lot of places you can go wrong. A um, little bit of black on the uh, on the the belt and you know that could have been applied a little bit better but the nature of the figure um you know means that the the paint is pretty well uh, applied the boots are kind of more of a a glossy black which offsets the the matte yellow of the suit so yeah that's not too bad um as far as accessories go this guy comes with a couple of things um he's got a bandolier which features grenades and he's got sort of ammo pouches and things like that which all seems a bit odd for a a scientist. Um, I mean, that sits fairly well. It does sit a little bit high. It's like it could have been a bit longer so that it sort of hangs lower. Um, I'll probably, I've got a couple of these figures, so I'll probably just take the bandoliers off because I, it just doesn't really suit them at all. Um, you know, I'll probably just throw that in the fodder bin. Um, but it's got a couple of grenades and some pouches all along the back, which, you know, in the scheme of things don't look too bad, and so it is removable. Um, he does actually come with a rifle and a pistol. Now, this is where uh, it loses points for me. The rifle, yeah, look, it's quite fancy, and, and being a, a super-advanced um, terrorist organisation, uh, it looks sufficiently spacey and high-tech, but it suffers from that traditional issue of having uh, a stock on the rifle that's so big that when you put the pistol grip in his hand, um, you can't actually bend him at the elbow because there's not enough space for the stock of the rifle. So it's it's really hard to get some good poses with that rifle. So unfortunately, it's a bit kind of dicky looking, and um, I just probably won't bother um, because he comes with a pistol, and the pistol, you know, it's it's pretty fun. It's got both weapons have the little sort of aim logos on it, which you know is a nice little touch. Um, and the pistol's quite fun, and that's the sort of thing you'd probably expect from these guys being, you know, the, the nerdy types. Um, what they have done to contrast the yellow of the suit is actually do both of the weapons in more of a metallic gold, which looks quite good. Um, so, yeah, most of my guys will be holding their pistols, and the, the rifles will be uh, condemned to the, uh, the bin of accessories that um, won't, probably won't be seen again. The other thing to mention is um, this series does has a builder figure, and that is a, a mandroid. 
which is one of the shield sort of heavy weapons guys. They they dress in these big suits, which is a reuse of the Iron Munger um, figure. And this actually comes with the right arm of the Mandroid. So if you stock up on these guys and you're an army builder, you're going to have an awful lot of Mandroid right arms. Um, it's actually, you know, it's not a bad looking thing. They've repurposed the Iron Munger arm, but just added a couple of um, sort of Gatling guns on it, and it looks quite uh, quite fancy. So overall, um, I guess getting down to the dolly rating, uh, I'm really happy with this figure. Uh, I, I can't take points off because of the bad um, availability. I, I'd love to say the the distribution causes me some grief here, but that's not the figure's fault. Um, I the, the size, you know, uh, I think the build is actually not bad considering these guys are probably sort of nerdy dudes underneath. Um, it's probably a little bit too big for my liking, um, and the bandolier is a bit wonky in the way it sits, so, you know, look, uh, that'll be coming off. But otherwise, I'm actually really happy, and in terms of army building, this is one that I've been waiting on for quite some time. Justin, you and I, for a while there, had a bit of a backwards and forwards about customising our own and sculpting the heads and just as I was getting underway with mine this guy came out so um, that was quite fortuitous mm. and except for the availability <laughs> <laughs> well that's exactly right so but uh, look I, I'm really happy with this figure and based on its its own merits uh, I'm going to give it nine dollars out of ten cool I don't uh, have really anything to add except that uh, you know I'm if if I could get my hands on one I'd get one but I, like you said I've just been looking on eBay as well the cheapest is going to get me here to Australia is about 50 bucks, and I'm really not interested for that price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit it's a bit rough, and and it falls into that category too of a lot of the people we know online. There's a lot of good uh, people out there on the forums and that that uh, are willing to help. But the thing is, a lot of those guys are collectors themselves, mm. and since they're not finding them in in any kind of volume, you know, the the occasional one they do find is going into their own collections, which makes it that little bit harder. So, sure. But uh, we're going to talk about that a bit later. Cool. All right. Well, that wraps up the toy of the week, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. When crime strikes, nothing can stop RoboCop. Surprise, RoboCop. Meet your match. RoboCop and Evil ED-260 face off with rapid repeat cap firing. That should hold you. Calling the Robo Jailer. Run away. You won't catch us. But the Robo Jailer smashes through their hideout. You'll be hiding out in prison now. Figures and vehicles sold separately. Back for more. RoboCop and the Ultra Police. We're all here because we collect stuff, and so Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisition or pre-orders we've made. Guys, stuff. John, what did you get? I got the Taco Tuesday guy from the Lego movie. <laughs> cool. <laughs> now, is that from one of the blind box deals? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the blind bag figures. It's the the Mexican dude with the big sombrero and the poncho. Ah, cool. The, pon- the poncho is really cool because it's, uh, you know, the material they use for the Lego capes, the, the like cloth. Yeah. It's, it's two of those and they're printed like really intricately. And yeah, then okay. they go on, one goes on the front and one goes on the back. <clears throat> nice. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. And then he has like the most awesome little, um, like nacho bowl. It's got little peppers <laughs> printed on it in a pattern. It, it's just really intricate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I was really impressed with him. Yeah, yeah, I've got him as well. He's really cool. 
So just um, between the two of you, are you guys, do you, do you collect them all or do you just sort of go, oh, yeah, of the, the 12 they've offered, I just want those six? I think I'm up to nine out of the 16 and I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably done. Ah, okay. But doesn't the compulsion make you sort of go, yeah, you know, I might as well just get them all now. Yeah, I've got everyone from every wave so far. <laughs> <laughs> I, Except this movie line. I don't have all the movie line stuff yet. Until you see the movie and then you kind of feel compelled. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my worry, too. That's my worry, too. <laughs> There's some of the robot ones I don't have, and I, I don't know. I just I haven't seen the need to, to get them yet. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. What about you, Justin? What have you picked up? I picked up my first pop vinyl figure. Uh, I don't have it, actually have it at the moment, but, um, I was, uh, going through eBay trying to pick up some, uh, 2000 AD stuff, some programs, if you will, and, um, came along a Judge Drag, uh, pop vinyl for pre-order, so I slapped it down and should be here soon, and also some custom fodder, just some, nice. up some cheap, uh, uh, DC Universe bucks at the moment. It's, they're getting rarer and rarer, so. And the, the, the good ones are getting harder to come by. Like they are. Uh, you know, it's pretty much down to a choice of, you know, a couple of different, um, Blackest Night flash figures and, mm. um, uh, or a Green Lantern and, you know, a couple of Bronze Tigers and. Yeah. Hawk, Hawk comes up and Hawk's on that bigger buck, so. Been um, snapping those up when I see them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they're going to dry up eventually. Definitely. Yeah, very good. Um, well, there's something I actually picked up this week, which was um, something I've walked past probably three dozen times and not really paid that much attention. And um, you guys might be aware that there was that sort of Ultimate Spider-Man line, sort of ties in a bit with the cartoon and whatnot. And uh, the figures have fairly generic articulation, and um, they tend to be a bit more cartoony, but. One of the figures they actually released was the, the human rocket Nova, as he's called. Mm. Um, and what was good is it's not the, the cartoon version. It's more of a traditional looking new warriors Nova. And I didn't really pay much attention because it's not sort of Marvel Legends, but, um, Toys R Us had them on specials. So I decided to pick one up and I was actually quite surprised at how well they actually scaled with Marvel Legends. I mean, he's certainly, he's not big and he's not bulky, but when you stand him next to say, um, you know, the Scarlet Spider or one of those sized figures. He fits in perfectly with them. And then I sort of thought about it and thought about it, and then John and I talked about army building, and um, then, of course, I've been chasing Hydra figures and, and AIM scientists, and so it just kept sort of, you know, spinning around in the back of my mind. And, of course, you know, for those people that don't know, um, Nova from the Marvel Universe is actually um, a member of the Nova Corps and and sort of similar, in I guess, in terms of Green Lanterns and that. There's actually, you know, many Novas out there um, of all different sort of sizes, shapes, races and that kind of thing. And so I decided if I could find any more, I'd actually, on the cheap, I'd actually pick them up and build up a bit of a... Uh, a Nova cause, and sure enough, I, I walked into Target today, and they were having twenty percent off, uh, and that brought the price down considerably. And the, there was three Spider Mans and four Novas, so I couldn't help myself. So I now have five of these Nova figures. <laughs> so <laughs> I know, I know, I, I, I just need to seek medical attention with this, ar- <laughs> this army building. It's just ridiculous. You've been my one. Yeah. <laughs> they do look fun together. So, um, and the good thing is I've still got the, the other Nova, 
um, the original version that came in the, the Black Bolt wave. So he's sort of standing out in front of them. And uh, if we get another Nova in the Guardians of the Galaxy line, I'll, I'll pick him up and add him to the the Nova line, uh, the Nova Cores line. So yeah, but that was it for me. Pretty quiet week, otherwise. Yep, indeed. Yep. Yeah. All right. Oh, no one has any other items to report. It's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, red card, it is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby and be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure or worse. And handing out the penalty this week is me. <laughs> Um, yeah, been a bit of an interesting week. We, uh, as, as it ties into the recent army building discussion, uh, more so to the toy of the week this week with the AIM scientist. Um, I get my figures from the very good Mike S in California, and uh, Mike was good enough to ship me a couple of the AIM scientists, but uh, me, I wanted to pick up more. And uh, Mike has already sold out of his, and so I started looking around the net and. Um, found that all our usual online places have also sold out, and I then turned to eBay, and the AIM scientist is already starting to see some pretty decent prices. Now, where things start to fall down is when you include shipping. So if you can find even the, the cheapest possible shipping of a, of a single figure, you're probably still looking at sort of $15, um, and then, you know, on top of the actual listing price. So it adds up quite quickly. So uh, I thought the logical approach would be to wait for them to retail here in Australia, and uh, given that they're already out in the US, I wasn't seeing them on the shelves here, so I decided to email Hasbro Australia, who have the uh, the obvious distribution rights for Hasbro product. Um, within about two hours, I got an email back saying that they weren't stocking those figures. They would not be importing them. Uh, I immediately sent one back and said, well, you know, you're... You're getting, you know, the rest of the Captain America crap. I mean, is there any reason they weren't getting the Marvel Infinite Legends um, Captain America figures? And they actually haven't responded. So uh, I find this really frustrating that Hasbro in the US won't allow people to send them overseas because other people have the distribution rights, and then those people who have the distribution rights choose not to get the product in thereby eliminating uh, an entire, um, you know, potential sales group, uh, which I just find completely and utterly astonishing. I, I really don't know what else to say. Um, you know, we, the podcast team talked about the fact that we continue to red card Hasbro and Mattel time and time again. Uh, we should just award them a lifetime red card and be done with it and focus on other things. But every now and then something happens that just leaves me completely speechless and I, I really don't know what else to say. I, I've never met a company whose business model is so intent on not selling product to customers. Um, I guess I should probably stop ranting now and let you guys get a word in. Uh, I find it baffling as well. Uh, at least you get responses from he, uh, Hasbro Australia. I, I've, I've sent them, I think, four in a row and I never got any sort of uh, response at all. And did I read somewhere else where they're saying that Hasbro Australia were upset as well or Hasbro as a company were upset as a whole or someone was upset because they were losing 20% of their marketplace by not being able to distribute the stock um, not only to Australia but uh, into other worldwide destinations? Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't... Yeah, it's just weird. 
<laughs> yeah, and I also got an, I sent them another email in regards to uh, the Star Wars Black Series 3 because, of course, that contains the Stormtrooper. Uh, my OCD army building tendency kicks in. I want to pick up half a dozen Stormtroopers. Uh, Mike S has already sold out of them. Uh, so I sent them an email asking when they would be on shelves because I've got a, a you know, a target, a Toys R Us right across from where I work. You know, I, I wander over at lunchtime and can have a quick look. So I thought I'd start stalking the aisles, hoping that, you know, I'd, I'd come across a couple of unopened boxes, you know, ready to be put out. Uh, and I got a response from them saying that yes, they expected those to be in stores in, uh, sometime in late August, early September. Huh. Okay. So six months from now, and, and I'm actually, I, I'm honestly wondering whether the the popularity of this line and the sellout of Stormtroopers will mean that, um, you know, any additional stock they may have had might not even go to the foreign markets. It might be moving so quickly in the US that they choose to just keep it there. True. I mean, um, it, it, is it going to be a situation? Well, for me at the moment, I'm sort of on the fence. I'm like I, before with Marvel Legends, I can't be bothered. I don't like. I like them, and I'll try and support them. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm just tired. <laughs> they do. They make it incredibly hard. It yeah. really is quite difficult. Um, you know, and and you have to wonder whether you've got these fans out there buying these Star Wars Black six inch figures. Are they really going to wait six months to pick them up at retail? Or, or I mean, mine are already on the way. Mike S. Like I just, I'm not going to wait and risk the fact that they won't turn up. And then figures turn up in September and sales are poor. They'll probably turn around and use that as their justification to not bother getting subsequent waves. Yeah. Well, Princess Leia is still still uh, hanging on the peg. So yeah, Greedos. <laughs> I've seen a few Greedos around. Oh, really? <laughs> now, see, I'm not seeing hardly any of the six inch here on pegs. Oh, that's that's good. You know, at least in my area now. I've heard other places in the U.S. have them, but you know, I'm not seeing any of them. And and normally when I see them, I'll see them once, and then the next time I go back, they'll be gone. Mm -hmm. I'm actually foreseeing a time where people like Justin and myself have to rely entirely on people like yourself, John, to just either you know order them from someone like Mike and then ship them to us. um, You know, because even Mike's restricted, or, or actually just finding them on the pegs. Well, it could be worse. We could be in Argentina. Well, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Well, maybe that's a maybe that's a great segue to finishing up then. But uh, look, uh, after all is said and done, Hasbro Australia, um, really, I honestly, I, I just don't understand. And uh, you guys, uh, Hasbro Australia, are getting our red card of the week. In his mighty fortress, Prince Adam transforms into He-Man. I have the power. Now it's He-Man versus the evil Skeletor. Skeletor alone is no match for He-Man, but there's the ferocious fangs of Panthor. Scratch that, He-Man's got Battle Cat. Now it's a fight with bite and a mass of missiles. That was close, but He-Man's mighty sword is closer. So long, Skeletor. New He-Man, Skeletor, Battle Cat, and Panther figures each sold separately. Well, collectors are a fickle bunch who are known for taking to the interwebs to document and share their opinions on a new product, and comments often range from retail prices to availability or paint apps to chosen scale, but no element seems to generate more discussion than the design or the look of an action figure. So tonight, we're talking true to source, 
Why does it matter? When is it mandatory? And what are the exceptions? So I'm going to kick it off and just say, guys, you know, true to source, I guess there's a pretty uh, varied uh, response there. But in, in in terms of true to source, what what do you perceive as true to source? You know, I I I'm a big movie figure collector, so what I want to see is a representation of the character from the movie. You know, I don't want to see like uh you know, if a character gets beat up through a film and his his outfit's all ragged by you know, through most of the movie, I don't want to see him in his clean, pristine uniform. I, I wanna see the the actual on screen version. So as if he just stepped off the screen, yeah. basically, into yeah, action. That, that's what I'm looking for. And, and yeah. you know, I mean, a big part of my collection is Star Wars, and that's really what I want to see is, you know, does it look like that film version? You know, can I can I set up a diorama with these figures and have it look like a scene from a movie? So then let me ask, how serious do you take it when it comes to the portrait? If you're getting a Men in Black figure uh, and you've picked up your Will Smith figure, um, you know, how, how serious do you take it that that figure has to look like Will Smith? Do you sort of go, oh, yeah, you know, they got close, or does that figure have to look like Will Smith? You know, um, I, I think in Star Wars, I don't think we've ever seen really any fantastic portraits in the, the three and three quarter line. I mean, we've seen mm. some, but um, I've just kind of gotten used to it over the years that we're not going to see a dead-on Harrison Ford or a dead-on Mark Hamill. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you actually make a really good point there because I actually think that Luke Skywalker has a, a toyetic look. Like, you know, you can just look and go, that's Luke Skywalker. But I wouldn't say any of them look Mark Hamill. Right. It, yeah. And I, it, I think that's, that's a big part of it for me is, you know, when you look at it, you know, this is Luke Skywalker from this scene, mm. not, you know, oh, that's Mark Hamill and kind of a uniform. Yeah, yeah. So what about just you, Justin? What what does true to source mean to you? I think I've found a happy medium with my collecting. Um <laughs> I I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to movie figures, I really go after them that much. Um yeah. characters like Iron Man where it doesn't really matter. Mm. Um and I can collect the builder figure, I'll I'll go after, but that's only to add another Iron Man to the armory. Yeah. Um I used to be a real Batman snob as well. I would only collect Batman in the Crime Stopper uniform. I would not vary anyway or other form because my Batman was from basically nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety mm. when he was in the, the blue and grey uh uniform. So I was a bit of a snob then because as we know, Batman's come out in every sort of uh design and variation yeah. that we've seen. And if you can use Hellboy as an example the the both sets the comic book accurate Hellboy uh, figures are probably up there with some of the best figures I own. Mm. Um, and having said that, the movie figures are just as good. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've bounced back between both lines to uh, get sort of a comprehensive uh, action figure set between those two. Yeah, I must admit, for me, when it comes to true to source, I'm probably not as finicky as some people. Um, certainly, I don't think there's been a line that has generated more heated debate than DC Universe classics. 
Uh, I've never seen so much vitriol that could be uh, spewed forth when a new wave uh, was was unveiled at one of the major shows. There were people who would critique, you know, that a certain shade of blue was not the right blue, and um, I'm I'm quite amazed still that you know there are people who insist they have to have the Carolina blue Superman, and it's like you know, as long as, as, long as I've got a Superman figure from that line, and the S shield is a shield shape, and you know he's got a red cape. Uh, and you know the blue is blue. Uh, I'm really not that fast. Um, I'm probably not, obviously not as attached to Superman as some. But even in terms of Marvel Legends, which you know I guess are my passion, um, you know I, if I can get a costume that I like, if if a character comes out in a costume that I'm happy with, uh, I'm not a stickler for details. Um, you know, if for example, you know the Punisher comes out, the head sculpt is fairly decent then I'm really not that fussed whether it's a first-appearance Punisher with the white boots, white gloves, or whether it's more the Garth Ennis, Tim Bradstreet, where he's dressed in black with a trench coat. It's like, you know, get the general look of the skull right, get a decent sort of gritty head sculpt, and I'm really not fussed. I can just put him on my shelf and, and add him to the others. So, therefore, you know, I guess my collection would probably give people you know, conniptions because I, I've got figures who are in their their most modern incarnation standing right next to characters who are wearing their 70s costume um, and, and never the twain shall meet. But, you know, so long as I can put those two characters in my X-Men display, I really don't care. I agree, absolutely. Uh, going back to um, DC Universe figures, the anger directed towards the Flash figure saying that we didn't have a Barry Allen for a Flash, where Wally West has been around for, what, 20-odd 20, 20 years? And mm. to me, sorry, that's a guy in a red suit. That's, you know, can have the sparkly gold uh, trim, but still Flash is basically Flash, you know. There's not been a massive variation in the costume. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I guess, you know, I... I probably don't pay quite enough attention to my figures. I, I get the figure out and I go, yeah, this looks pretty good and the head sculpt's not too bad and, uh, you know, the, the rest is quite there. I mean, for me, I, I guess a lot of it is more about the sculpt. I'll sort of look at the women and I'll go, geez, that's a fugly figure and it goes in the, the back of the uh, this display or I'll go, no, they've actually done a pretty good job. But, you know, she actually looks pretty hot and, you know, let's get her into the collection. But then I don't pay that much attention i just you know i I pick the cyclops that i i like the most and i spend but i don't actually check against the source material to see whether the piping matches you know the the piping as it was first displayed in the comic so yeah it's interesting how people have have different takes john (laughs) i have a different take um you know both uh gi joe and masters universe have had had figures actually marketed as cartoon or comic accurate. And, and that's kind of, um, you know, playing on that thing because, uh, you know, they're saying, Oh yeah, we know that the figures we normally make maybe aren't the right color aren't the right style. So we're going to make these specific figures and, and make them accurate, mm. you know, to kind of play on that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I, I think is very interesting and, and Justin was um, right on the money with Hellboy is giving fans the options because there's no doubt about that the Walking Dead has drawn in uh, a lot of fans um, because of the popularity of the TV show. They, these people are coming in and looking for that source material in terms of the comics and they're, they're buying the related merchandise. And so when you're bringing out action figures based on this property, you, you really do have 
two sides who, who are quite keen. And I have to confess that, you know, if I was collecting the Walking Dead figures, I would be more inclined to get the comic versions than I would the movie versions. Um, some of that is down to the fact that I'm really not that keen on the way some of the portraits get sculpted. They just don't, you know, there's nothing worse than getting a Daryl figure that actually looks off because it doesn't look like the actor. Um, but, you know, I think McFarlane Toys has really nailed it in bringing out both a comic version and a, and a movie, uh, sorry, a TV version, giving fans the options. But, um, but you know, I think they, they really are opening themselves up to a, a big hit if they can actually cross over. So if they can release, you know, a Daryl Dixon figure in a seven inch series that is, um, comic inspired, um, I, I think that's going to be a huge deal. Yeah, and having said that, it's a shame that the the neck turtles didn't continue on because that would have been a, a comic accurate uh, line compared to every other line that we've got of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles up into this stage as well. Yeah. If a new property comes out, a new TV show, sure enough, um, the figures come out. I mean, we've had figures for every TV and movie um, formulation yeah. of the turtles, but you know, I had such high hopes for that uh, NECA series of turtles <laughs> to be uh, taken away. But yeah, that's that's one that crosses over between uh, comic book and and uh, film and TV property as well. And that's actually a very good point in, in terms of properties. And that is that if you think of all the Ninja Turtle figures that have come out over the years and the revisions and the variations and everything that they've ever done. The Necker Turtles are the only ones that are actually based on the source material. Um, you know, everything else is based on either the, the, the original cartoon and, and things like that. So, you know, we got those four figures plus April, uh, and they're the only ones that exist based on the source material. And I guess even when the new figures came out recently, they're based on the, the new show, which is uh, another reimagining of the property. And so I guess if you were a real stickler for that source material, you know, you'd be disappointed. But um, I guess, too, it also depends on the success of the material they're based on. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of the new show, and therefore I love the new figures because they're based on that that new interpretation. So um, as much as I, I'd love more NECA figures, I'm really happy with the four-inch line that we're getting. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, touching back to the Master of the Universe classics as well, the... I think the TV show existed before any, any figures come out, but it was um, quite interesting. John touched on that as well, that the actual figures that came out didn't look anything like the, the cartoon that was airing at the time, you know. So to, to count something as comic or cartoon accurate later on is, is quite funny. Mm. Yeah, and, John, you're a Hellboy fan, so where, where do you sit in terms of, you know, obviously the there was a lot of merchandise that came out relating to the movie. Uh, you know, are you happy to collect both, you know, movie-based stuff and non-movie-based stuff? Yeah, if it's if it's done well, um, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm a fan of both kind of the same thing, but uh, I, I tend to stay more movie-based just because, like I said, I like to have that stepped-off-the-screen type look. Hmm. That's fair enough. Um, I guess something that I'll throw to you, Justin, in terms of things like Marvel Legends, there's obviously a lot of characters that we've yet to see in the Marvel Legends line. Uh, for me, absolutely number one character, hands down, has got to be Rogue from the X-Men. Yep. Uh, my favorite female superhero, you know, I, I was waiting for that new figure that was a, a swap out figure in the Wolverine Legends line that now hasn't actually seen the light of day. Um, you know, so long as you are actually getting a, a particular character in a line, um, 
Are, are you someone who you're just grateful that they would make a Polaris figure um, to go with your Havoc, or if they made a Polaris figure, would it have to be a specific costume? Yeah, touching on that. I mean, if they were ever going to do a Rogue, probably they did that Marvel Legends one back ages ago. But if if Rogue was to come out, that that's quite interesting because I wouldn't I wouldn't want to have that green and white costume. Yeah. I'd much rather have the green and gold costume. And mm-hmm. Polaris would have to be back to the classic costume as well. Um, I used to be a very uh, what would you comprehensive collector. But yeah. uh, cutting back these days, it would have to be the classic costume. I'm just probably not interested, and that comes up with the the boomerang figure that came out in the Spidey in the Spidey line. It's just it has no, uh, it doesn't resonate with me as all at all. That, that uniform, it would have to be the classic purple and uh, blue. Yeah. And that's that's quite interesting because that's where you and I differ slightly in terms of uh, if they released a Polaris figure and, you know, so long as she had green hair and, and that sort of thing and, and I could look at her and go, yes, that's definitely Polaris, I'm really not fussed which costume they, they bring her out on. I don't have enough, um, I guess, connection to the character to, to be really too picky. It's like, yep, fine, give me a Polaris figure, I'll add it to my X-Men collection and, and move on. Um, you know, Rogue, on the other hand, I, I just said how much I'd love to see that figure on the shelf. And, um, you know, for me, Rogue will always be that character drawn by Mark Silvestri, um, you know, after sort of John Romita Jr. moved on uh, in the, the late sort of, you know, 220s or something like that. And, and guys like Silvestri came on board and he did her in an assortment of, you know, black and green um, costumes. Yep. She had a bit of a punk sort of hairstyle. Um, to me, that's sort of the rogue era that I'm, I'm really the most, um, uh, you know, keen about. And there'd be a costume of that description that I'd like. But that one that they did actually show for the Wolverine Legends line, I'd be more than happy to take that. Um, I thought it was a reasonably well executed figure. You know, she looked pretty good. It was a good sculpt. Just give me the figure and I can add it to my collection. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, you know, talking about true to source, one of the things that really gets me is the inclusion of movie figures in, in comic based waves. Um, you know, yeah. going, if you think back to the Hasbro Breen series where we got, um, you know, the, the X3 Colossus and the X3 Jean Grey, um, I don't care how well those figures are executed. They're a complete waste of a slot for me because I just won't put them in my collection. Mm. Um, I do not have a single movie-based figure in in my collection. Oh, uh, what about Blade? Oh, actually, yep, yeah, good point. I do have Blade. But to be fair, um, unfortunately to poor Wesley, if they ever do release that Blade figure, he'll be getting replaced by the uh, the comic-based one. So, huh. uh, so I guess you know, the, you know, talking about true to source, I'm I'm you know I'm more. I guess more compassionate towards the comic version than I would be to a movie version. So yeah, I guess I'm a bit more picky than I thought. Oh, that's so. weird because I've got uh, uh, Wesley. I've got uh, I'll say this between my hand, Affleck, and I've got Thomas Jane up on the, no, up on the shelf. No, no, Justin, you're killing me here. You're killing. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you John like you know when when a figure comes out do you have a a specific look and feel um i guess you know things like gi joe you get multiple interpretations too uh things you know is there a specific route that that you know you prefer to get or now see with gi joe i'm all over the board because i like the the cartoon stuff i like the comic stuff but i i tend to stay more towards a, a realistic um you know 
realistic TV movie type look just because mm-hmm. that's, that's what I favor. So, um, you know, that's what I'm going to, going to pick up on. And, and I guess, you know, with things like G.I. Joe, because they've gone through so many, um, you've got the, the, the style that's based specifically on, you know, that, that military look and feel with, you know, you can look at a, a person holding a gun and go, yeah, look, that's an M4 assault rifle. Um, and then there's the leanings towards, you know, the more, um, science fictiony, feel with, you know, the, the far out weapons and gadgets and stuff. Is, is there a divide there for you or you just don't care so long as it looks good? I, I tend to stay away from the, the sci-fi type stuff. I, I, I go more, you know, soldier standard weapon kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. It's just, just my thing. I just, I'd, I'd rather have that than, you know, something that's in neon colors. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, very good, very good. Oh, I think that was an interesting chat. Just, um, I think we got some, uh, some slightly different views on things and, uh, I think they're all quite valid. Hmm. Except yeah. Affleck. Except Affleck. And that's just wrong. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. I watched that the other day, the director's cut. I'd never seen it. I, 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 well, I'm not going to say I liked it, but <laughs> it was marginally better than the one that was released. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh, a pretty good chat. And, uh, well, that wraps up our discussion topic, and we'll come back in a moment with some feedback. It's where we wrap things up. Cobra. It's the awesome G.I. Joe headquarters. So massive it holds over 50 Joe figures with searchlight, three missile launchers, eight electronic sounds, and removable rapid-fire gun. But Cobra strikes the headquarters battle targets and triggers a jailbreak. Destro's escaping! Blasts the tower and it passes down. G.I. Joe headquarters with electronic sounds, rapid-fire gun, and blast action targets. Figures sold separately. I believe the expression is, put up your jokes to well, before we finish off, we have a feedback section, and if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues, and you may just hear it read out. And, Justin, you're going to pimp our custom competition. I am. I'm going to talk about the scum and villainy custom comp that is running on the AFB forum at the moment. Now, this is a custom comp that's open to everyone. Now, we don't care about the scale or the size. We just want to see the bad guys come out and get some appreciation. So what is happening, this this comp will run to the, what, I think it's May the 10th. That's right. And yeah. we just ask if you can send some photos of your work and three finished photos as well to Scotty on the boards. And who knows, you you may uh, have the prestige of, of winning first, first prize. <laughs> There's been some very good uh, winners So in the past. Um, I've never won. (laughs) (laughs) I've always been a bridesmaid, but, uh, it's always fun. It's always good to see uh, people having a go and the amount of talent out there as well. It's always, uh, nice to be a part. The ones in the last comp were extremely good. All of them. Yeah, definitely some great talent on the board. So get on over and at least go and have a look at some of the previous competitions, in particular the Mangog. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that brings us to a close for another episode. Thank you very much for your company. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, thank you for for hosting everything there, man. Excellent. All right, everyone, take care. Farewell. Amen. Goodbye. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Have your eye on Spader neutered. (laughs) Say ya. Excelsior.
The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigurebluescom by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. here because we collect stuff and feeding the addiction is where we time ah oh, fuck off <laughs> so it's, the, it's like the shortest intro of any of the segments and I still balls it up uh, five four three Oh, before we finish off, we have uh, feedback from our listeners. Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, there we go. In five, four, three. <laughs>